0: The House Appropriations Committee has arrived at its version of the 2020 defense budget. It's lower than the administration wanted, but it does plus up a few things on the acquisition side. Tom Temin got an early contractor reaction from David Berto, president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. It is actually a very uh, telling thing that uh, the Appropriations Committee is already marking up, right? Because it's only the middle of May, and we actually don't have an agreement on how much money they're going to have in the endgame. Uh, but they're off and running, and they're off and running rapidly, and we expect the, uh, the Armed Services Committee to be in line with them as well on the House side. Um, I think what you're seeing, though, is something that uh, our, our research has shown happens every time there's a big increase in defense spending, which is the military wants to buy more stuff right? Uh, More planes, more ships. And and we've seen that not only in this bill, but we've actually seen it in the contract behavior so far in spending fiscal year 19 money, an increase in in the level of products. Um, What this means for services is two things. Number one is there is going to increase demand, right? Because the more things you buy, the more support and sustainment and logistics you need to support those. The second is the funding is not there to do it. And so there's going to be a competition for resources uh, already this year and on into next year.
1: Yeah, that idea of the demand pulling through the supply chain is a big one. I was speaking to one of the VPs at Huntington Ingalls the other day, and you know, a carrier has sourcing that extends to 48 states.
0: 48 states and and thousands of, of suppliers, right? Um, and you mentioned the cybersecurity issue, and that's an increasingly uh, interesting dynamic that goes on as well. This bill, I think, is silent on, the, on on many of those issues. We do expect some provisions coming out of the Armed Services Committee later. But there's a funny competition going on here, Tom, that may be worth exploring down the road as we look at it. You know, the Defense Department is now saying we need a lot more security. They want to use security as part of the competition uh, even, and, and they want companies to all be secure all the way down. You mentioned the supply chain for the carrier all the way down to the lowest level of supply chain. On top of that, though, the Defense Department is also saying we need to buy more from non-traditional suppliers. We need to buy more rapid uh, acquisition stuff where, in fact, the FAR doesn't even apply. And so the rules that you have to follow for cybersecurity don't even come into play. This is a tough dilemma, and we don't know how this is going to be resolved.
1: And by the way, is it unusual for the appropriations work to proceed to markup before the authorizing committee has done its work there's no ndaa yet for 2020
0: over the last 50 years the, the tendency has been we always get a defense authorization bill and most of the time that authorization bill precedes the appropriations that's actually what we refer to when we talk about regular order first you authorize, then you fund the expenditures for it uh, i do think there's going to be a lot of commonality here uh, the numbers may probably be very close but we're talking about the house side Right, so that's one-fourth of the calculus, right? The, the second-fourth of the calculus is what the Senate does, and typically the Senate waits until much later in the game. This year, I think that's likely to be even more so because the Senate doesn't want to mark up until we've got agreement on the numbers. And right now, while the House is marking up to a number, Lower than the president's budget request, but well above what the Budget Control Act caps would say you have available FY20. There's a lot of territory still to be covered before we settle on a final bill.
1: Yeah, and there is some sand in the works because of the president's desire to use some of the defense funding for the border wall, which is not a big number issue, but it's a big philosophy and – political issue for right. Republicans and, and, and Democrats.
0: You, exactly. And you see in the bill, in fact, restrictions uh, not only on use of funds in this bill, but limitations more broadly on the transfer authority and the reprogramming authority. Typically, the Secretary of Defense has substantial authority to move money around as as you know requirements evolve uh, based upon uh, changing dynamics in the national security world. And and the House, at least, has uh, at the committee, at least, has indicated a desire to uh, constrain those much more dramatically. And I think they've said it's because of the wall.
1: We're speaking with David Berteau, president and CEO of the Professional Services Council, and speaking again of the of the authorizing committee, the House and Senate Armed Services Committee. The signals coming from them are that there won't be a lot of policy provisions, possibly because they believe that DOD has yet to chew and swallow the ones that have already come through in the last couple of years.
0: Well, you're right. And and both uh, uh, the chairman of the House Armed Service Committee, Congressman Smith, and the uh, ranking member, Congressman Thornberry, have publicly said... We need to be doing more oversight on the implementation of the previous year's uh, legislation. At PSC, we think that's a great idea because, of course, there are a number of uh, legislative authorities that we fought hard to get put in place that have still yet to be implemented. Uh, one, of course, is the uh, long bugaboo that we've discussed many times on this show. That's the lowest price technically acceptable contracting process where you ignore the results you're going to get and drive straight to the lowest price. We're still waiting on the uh, on the federal uh, acquisition rule, the defense federal acquisition supplement rule uh, for that. Uh, Similarly, there was a provision uh, aimed at, at defining and measuring procurement and administrative lead time, which is a bugaboo for any contract. It takes so long to get a contract in place. We need to speed that up. The Department of Defense is way behind in implementing these and many other provisions. So we welcome the Armed Service Committee putting a focus on implementation of prior year legislation.
1: And you mentioned other transaction authorities that they might be using for the non-traditional vendors and some of these so-called innovators. And I think we have had in the last couple of years a dollar limit on OTA funds. We
0: we have, but we're seeing uh, uh, the authority expanding uh, the use of that. I believe that uh, in in the uh, FY18 numbers. Uh, defense uh, increased by uh, more than a billion dollars more in terms of its use of other transactions. Um, saw an announcement yesterday of a major other transactions for an army recruiting uh, contract. Uh, uh, and uh, and I think moving forward, um, there is some question as to how, how the department uses this and whether or not they start running afoul of congressional guidance.
1: Sure. And a couple of wild cards. One is the argument within the administration that's been going on for the past few days, with respect to what deploys and how it's used in Iran and in the, that part of the Middle East. And who knows where that's going to lead. But that's an expense or a potential expense. And the other one was the president's decision to override what his military staff was saying and have the Harry S. Truman aircraft carrier refueled. Well That's an immediate cost that they weren't counting on. But then you've got another 25 years of that carrier in the fleet and all of that entailment.
0: You know, the, the the history of how these kind of puts and takes occur, right? So the Pentagon puts its budget together. And if you look at the justification for uh, for essentially retiring the, that aircraft carrier instead of overhauling it, the justification was we needed to spend that money on something else. So the committee has uh, has now said, no, we're not so fast. We think we're going to find the money for there. The places where the committee takes the money to fund the carrier, though, are not the places that would have been available to the Navy to take the funds uh, to fund that carrier. The committee can actually take those funds from across the entire Defense Department budget. The Navy obviously didn't have that prerogative. You see this kind of dynamic play out over and over again, kind of behind the scenes. Uh, You know, I can't comment on why the White House decided what they did, because typically the president does have the authority to change his mind as he goes through the budget dynamic process. And we'll probably see more of that over the course of this year.
1: But, yes, I think the Pentagon is loath to go after reprogramming, which they have to seek from Congress unless it's something they think is really important. And they didn't seek this refueling.
0: And we've seen uh, a couple of reprogrammings. Uh, one back in in March, another one earlier in May, uh, that were submitted reprogramming requests submitted for the border funding that you talked about. Uh, uh, the House Armed Services Committee did reject the first of those reprogramming requests. Uh, uh, that we're still waiting their decision on, on the second one. So it's David Berto, president and CEO of the Professional Services Council. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive, and you can listen anytime in our podcast feed. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. Second, confirm you've entered their contact details correctly. And finally,